Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. On tonight's episode, we have a special crossover continuing our Hall of Fame series, and we are joined by Locked On Devils. Before we get to the fun stuff, be sure to drop a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets and my personal Twitter at HLLivingLoco. And as always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to drop a follow or a subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Subscribing is free and keeps you up to date on the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Your Story Transmedia, a startup indie comic book, graphic novel, and video games publisher based in the Winnipeg area. Be sure to stay tuned to hear more about Your Story's local publishing, including The River Nose and several of their other comic books and video game publications. And now, onto our central feature of tonight's episode, we welcome Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils. Trey, how are you doing today? I am great. How about yourself, Harrison? Doing pretty good, pretty good. Uh, as those of you who have listened to yesterday's episode may or may not be aware of, we are doing a brief series about some Hall of Fame candidates from the current rosters and perhaps some players of years past who maybe should get a little bit of Hall of Fame love. And tonight we're going to be diving into the New Jersey Devils, who have a very interesting roster. There's a lot of young kids, um, a couple of older vets, and so there's an interesting pool of players. And kind of kicking us off, Trey, from this current existing roster, what New Jersey Devils do you think might actually be good enough to make the Hall of Fame cut? Well, I'm not sure if too many people would agree with me outside of New Jersey, but uh, the player I chose is our longest tenured uh, player. He uh, just uh, finished up his 14th year playing with us. He's played his entire career with us. Uh, he's one of our captains. That is Travis Zajac. And and what, you know, has really defined Travis's career? It's funny because he's actually a Winnipegger, so a lot of Jets fans listening might might have a little bit of a, a personal connection to the whole Travis um, or to the, the Zajac family. But what about his career, aside from it being like super long, would you feel he might get a little bit of a look? Okay. So he's played his entire career with the Devils, as I stated. Um, he's been with us past, present, and he wants to stay with us for the future. Like, uh, he, he was not he told the front office that he did not want to be traded despite us going through a major rebuild. So that really says something about him and his character and him being dedicated to the team. However, I do believe he will be out the door sooner or later, but just uh, we'll get into his stats and what he uh, brings to the table in a second, but just what he's able to do for our team, just on a personal level, you need that leader uh, in your locker room. You need that veteran presence and he by God brings it. So he he's he's been here past president he's been here he was uh he came a year after uh who did, scott stevens retired but he still was able to learn from patrick Eliash. he was still able to learn from marty brodeur uh yes their careers were kind of on the downhill at this point of their of their time because of age but still he was able to learn a lot he's uh taken what he's learned from them and he's now going to incorporate into a lot of our younger guys, including uh, Hughes, Heizer, Brock, Foot, all those guys, and also whoever we're going to draft at number seven this year. So just his dedication to the Garden City, what he's done for us uh, for these past 14 years is just undeniable. And I, I feel as though a lot of people overlook him, and I just feel as though they don't really understand what he brings to a team, what he brings to the table. Because when they look at Zajac, they just look at a – you know, just like a, a whatever, just like, you know, a mediocre captain who's, you know, been with the team for a while, just just whatever. And he might 
yes, he is, is he overpaid? Yes, I will admit that he is overpaid. But um, I, I would be sad to see him leave. But at this at this point, I'm waiting till the Seattle expansion draft because I touched on this in my show um, before that I think uh, it's either going to be him or Subban who will be out the door for this expansion draft for the uh, for the Kraken. So. Uh, either way, he'll, he'll he'll be out of New Jersey in a minute. But just what he's brought to the table for our team, uh, past and present, before all the rules change, like the clutch and grab being abolished in 2005, uh, what the how hockey is currently being played, he he just means a lot to us. And in in terms of like his <clears throat> his statistical impact, what was he able to accomplish? Because I I know that he's usually been like a 50 50 ish point player during his best years. And, and as far as his impact goes, it sounds like, of course, that he means something much more to the team. Like he's a true in, in-room leader. You know, would you kind of feel that because of his leadership qualities, that should overshadow his statistical profile? Or do you think the stats are actually not as bad as they look? And they might be pretty a pretty good match between that and his, uh, you know, in-the-room kind of presence to getting him that nomination? So at face value, Zajac is the Devils' best face-off man, brandishing a 53.5% career average. He's routinely led Devils in face-off percentage, a category the team has consistently struggled in for years. Uh, he's, in, he's adept to penalty killer, plays a sound defensive game, and when he's with the right group of players, like with the right, right line mates, he can contribute offensively. Uh, even though Zajac is now better suited for that second, third line role or coming off the bench for, for that matter. The New Jersey Devils never acquired an adequate established top-tier center since he broke into the league. Uh, you know, well, well I, I'm not going to say Jack Hughes is that quite yet because I'm not the biggest fan of Jack Hughes right now. Um, he, he, it's making him a, a man stay on the team's top two lines. And um, the, the stats, yes, um, the, the, the stats, yeah, don't pop out, but – I just want people to look a little deeper. I, I know it, it's difficult for Patrick Elias to get into the Hall of Fame, but just look at what Zajac's able to do. Like playing his entire career with the New Jersey Devils, that, that says something. Like he has been nominated for Selkie Awards. Like uh, like uh, two years ago, he was in the top 30 for, uh, for, for votes. Like he received a vote for it. Uh, 2017, he, re- he was placed in 48th so, for the Selkie Awards. So he, he's been nominated for like, awards like that he just you know obviously with the amount of tension and what he just brings to the table overall he never won it but you know he he's had votes for it before so do i think he'll get into the hall of fame uh it's honestly it's not really looking too favorable but you know i think um oh man i got myself into a hole because do i do i have to be honest with myself or do i have to be biased uh, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, I, I believe he does deserve a chance. I, I'll just say that he deserves a chance. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's in that that really tough spot of, you know, a, a lot of careers oftentimes have to have certain accolades or or scoring records and trophies. And I know that Zajac sort of went under the radar for a very long time. And when it comes to doubles, especially long tenured players, his name doesn't always come up. But I, I definitely understand. You know, you, you've talked a little bit about it, and I've actually had a couple of friends who are huge Travis Ajak fans. I mean, he's been with this team kind of feels like since the dawn of time, and I know that he's always been on the ice and off the ice considered 
a very big leader for that team. So I, I could definitely imagine it's going to be a certainly a tough uphill battle. I would agree. Um, but maybe one day somebody looks at that award and thinks, you know, we have to pick a, a New Jersey devil from this, this current era. And maybe he embodies a lot of those traits and characteristics that sure people don't always look at when it comes to hall of fame players, but maybe he had something special that guys around him felt he, he deserves a nomination and kind of on like a related note, um, in just a little bit, we're going to talk a, l- a little bit more about maybe some players who are in a similar category from New Jersey's either past or present roster. Uh, you know, which of these guys maybe deserve a nomination but aren't likely to get it because there are a lot of players throughout the NHL who fall into this weird territory. But, you know, maybe Zajac is one. Maybe for me, Kyle Palmieri one day might fall into that same category. But we're going to hear a little bit from Trey on an interesting pick that he's chosen in just a moment. Before then, though, I thought you should know a little bit more about the new and improved Built Bar. For those of you who are workout fanatics, uh, fitness freaks, or just looking for the kind of snack or pre-workout supplement or even a meal replacement option that leaves you with none of the guilt without sacrificing any of the flavor, you need to check out Built Bar. As a protein bar eater, I've definitely had my fair share of really dry, boring, and, and just kind of terrible protein bars. Most of them are just very unappetizing, very chemically, and I really wouldn't recommend any of them, especially if you're somebody who is looking for something that doesn't suck. But then Bill Bar came along and offered the first protein bar that's more like a candy bar, with a dark chocolate outside, a soft chewy interior, and a wonderful selection of flavors, including six new ones like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They join a diverse selection of 12 existing flavors, including my personal favorites, mint brownie and raspberry. Built Bars not only taste great, they're perfect for you. With most clocking in at under 200 calories, around 5 grams of net carbs, and between 15 and 19 grams of protein. If you want to give them a try, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, that is promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. As I mentioned earlier this evening, tonight's episode is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Your Story Transmedia. They're a startup indie comic book, graphic novel, and video games publisher, and they recently just launched an entire lineup of brand new comic books, including their flagship comic, The River Knows, which is set in Winnipeg during the 1960s. It's a hard-boiled detective supernatural thriller featuring elements of X-Files, Sin City, and Mad Men. It has a really spooky, cosmic dread thing going on in the background, and you get that sense of unease until you catch a familiar sight of Portage in Maine. There aren't too many interesting comic books set in Winnipeg. I can probably count the number of media items that I've seen based on Winnipeg on one hand, so it's pretty cool to see a unique sci-fi supernatural thriller twisted with a local flavor. You can check out the first issue of The River Nose for just $1.99 with their ebook version at yourstory.ca. And if you'd like to purchase a hard copy, limited print run, first edition of their 85 by 11 magazine style version, you can purchase that as well for just $11.99. And for the gamers among you, be sure to keep an eye out for their self-published game, Alien Machine Glow, debuting soon. Alien Machine Glow focuses on the hijinks of a cucumber farmer who gains the ability to see aliens. You can learn more about Alien Machine Glow and your story's other comic books, including The River Nose, Undercover UFO, Through Space and Time and Stuff, and Eon by heading on over to yourstory.ca, and when you place an order, be sure to use one-time promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. Welcome back to this special edition of Locked On Jets meets Locked On Devils. We are again with Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, who has given us a little bit of insight into who he thought might deserve a Hall of Fame nomination from the existing uh, New Jersey Devils roster. And he chose Travis Sajak. Up next, we're going to ask him a bit of a tougher question. Uh, Trey, if you had to pick a player, you know, from this this historical Devils roster 
who was a very good player, but maybe doesn't quite get the nomination for a Hall of Fame spot because his career has been a little bit overshadowed by some other players or teammates. Who would you choose and why? Okay. Well, he, he retired in 2003, so his chances of getting into the Hall of Fame, I believe, are out the door. Uh, I think he's run out of chances because, you know, it, it's been like, what, 17 years now? And if, if yeah, yeah, he's, he's done. But anyway, this guy gets overshadowed because there's just two other players that are just in front of him that just have done more. So when I think of defense, I think of the New Jersey Devils. When I think of someone who's physical, I think of the New Jersey Devils. When I think of just that grit, determination, like, I will take no crap from you, you think of the New Jersey Devils. Now, who am I thinking of, Harrison? Am am I thinking of Niedermeyer? Am I thinking of Stevens? Most people would lean to one of those two players. No, I am talking about someone else who deserves a lot of love but just unfortunately doesn't get it. It's Ken Danico. And Denico's career, yeah, like, you know, what what, what about Denico's career? Because obviously you, you've said uh, Niedermeyer and Stevens are, are sort of front runners here. Where does Danico fall in that pantheon of really tough physical defensemen? Well, do you, what else do I need to say? Look at his, uh, look at his minutes in the penalty box, 2,516. And also, if you look at a picture of him, uh, like what, during his playing career, he's essentially missing his uh, like four of his teeth on, on the top line. <laughs> so, it, and, and he's also been with us for uh, his three cup uh, stand uh, because the devils have won three Stanley cups. He's been a part of all three of them. But the problem with uh, Danico is, is that, um, is that he's just overshadowed by Scott Stevens and Niedermeyer because uh, look at Scott Niedermeyer. He's in the hall of fame. Niedermeyer has won four cups, uh, three with the Devils. He's a four-time All-Star. He's won the Norris Trophy. Uh, he's won the Smythe Award back in 2007. Then you look at Stevens, three-time Stanley Cup winner with the New Jersey Devils, five-time All-Star, and he won the Conn Smythe Award back in 2000. The new millennium year in which the Devils won, and I believe that uh, clip of them winning is uh, part of my part of my show's introduction. But um, so, yeah, you, you look at Niedermeyer, you look at Stevens, then you look at Danico, absolutely nothing. Like, he's won, like, it, it's blank. Like, uh, yeah, he's won three Stanley Cup awards. And he's won, uh, he won one Masterton award. So for anyone who um, doesn't know what the Master uh, Cup award is in hockey, so it's not what you think. So it's, dedic- it's dedication to hockey, having uh, its award annually to the NHL player who best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey. And boy, was, um, was he dedicated to hockey. Danico was not someone you wanted to mess with. He would get, like Stevens, he would get in your face. He would get into fights all the time. I think the problem with uh, Danico is, is that um, – yeah, he was a great defensive but just like nothing, nothing else about his game really, you know, shined. So he was a stay, he was the he was the epitome of a stay-at-home defender. So he would just um, stay in the zone and just wait for you, wait for you, wait for you, and then hit you, knock you out. And 
boy, did that guy spend so that guy spent so many times in, in the uh, in the penalty box. It essentially became his second home. I believe. Uh, uh, let's see what what was the most time most times in one season. In the 1991 season, he spent 249 minutes in the penalty box. 249. That have you ever? What other player spends that much time in the penalty box nowadays? Yeah, certainly no one that uh, certainly not anyone in this modern era. <laughs> you have to go back oh. either to like goon leagues or or some very early NHL years to find guys who couldn't stay on the ice for more than just a couple minutes at a time. Right. And um, I think the problem with Danico is, is that you have to look at his overall stats. So he only has 36 goals. There was there was uh, one time he went scoreless for three seasons. He scored no goals from 1999 and, until the 2002-2003 season, and he only had two. And uh, it's not like he was injured. It's not like he played in like 30-something games. He, he played in predominantly all of them. He played uh, 78 games in 2000. Uh, 77 games in 2001, 67 games in 2002, um, and also his assist numbers. So, you know, there's uh, the stay-at-home defender who only plays one way. Uh, they at least generate some sort of assists. He only has 142 career assists. And I think the problem with him is it's just that there's just nothing else that, that speaks volume about him. So, he gets overlooked for it at times, but I, I feel as though if I had to do it over again, someone who just bleeds hockey, someone who just feared no man, someone who I think I would consider a poor Scott Stevens would be his own teammate, would be Ken Danico. That, that's a poor man, Scott Stevens or Niedermeyer. Because uh, even though it's our detriment now, defense was what made us very popular. It's what, uh, the, it's what uh, the league feared until the clutch and grab rule came along and then, you know, got abolished in, in 2005. I don't think you want to remember 2005 because there was no season. But, you know, now players essentially can't even touch each other without going to the penalty box. So uh, if, if you want to look at a physical defender, look no further than my man. Any more questions? Yeah, and I think uh, that's actually kind of an interesting conversation, especially guys who – you know, personally, you have an attachment to and, and players that you like. Kind of on a related note, in just a moment, I wanted to ask you some fun ones. This one would be, you know, picking a player, past or present, if you could guarantee that they were to get a, a Hall of Fame career, something that Ken maybe was going to struggle to do, uh, you know, on his own merits. You know, in, in just a moment, we'll talk about who you would have picked and why you would choose this player, because th- I think there are probably a massive pantheon of devils, uh, either from those earlier years where they were just one of the most dominant defensive teams, or even over the past couple of seasons, we've started to see some interesting signs from these players that there may be a lot more spark than people were expecting, and they might become a fun team in just a few seasons. But before we get to talking about the future, we'll revisit the past with Trey in just a moment. Welcome back to this special edition of Locked On Winnipeg Jets meets Locked On New Jersey Devils. We are closing tonight's show with Trey Matthews discussing Hall of Fame candidates from the New Jersey Devils. And we've covered some players who are most likely eligible in some capacity, as well as some guys who maybe should get a mention, but probably won't. And now I'm about to ask Trey one of the most complicated questions. Trey, if you could pick one New Jersey Devil player, past or present, that would have a guaranteed Hall of Fame nomination and induction, who would you choose and why? 
Well, uh, I've covered this on my show many, many, many times, and that is Patrick Eliash, probably the greatest New Jersey Devil to ever skate on the rink other than Brodeur and Stevens. Just uh, Patrick Eliash just does not get enough love, and part of that is just because he was in the wrong system. So, like I said, New Jersey was known for our defense. So we have five retired numbers. Subtract Eliash, we have four four out of the five numbers retired in the Prudential Center play defense. So Marty Brodeur, our goalie, Niedermeyer, Stevens, Danico, all the defense guys. And we only have one offensive player, one forward, one center, winger, whatever the case might be. Only one uh, retired number, and that's Patrick Eliash. What, what more can I say about Patrick Eliash? He's the all-time franchise leader in goals for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he's up there. In, he's up there in assists as well. All, all-time franchise leader, and also, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, points as well. So he's uh, he's up there in goals, assists, and points. He's he's our all-time franchise leader in that, and also. He's played his entire career with the uh, the New Jersey Devils. Now, in, in terms of games played, another reason why I think Danico should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the all-time leader in games played for the New Jersey Devils. But um, digressing a little bit, Patrick Eliash is third. So above him, as I mentioned, is Danico and Brodeur. Oh, and below him is Travis Zajac. Another, uh, you know, we talked about that in segment one. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's Patrick Eliash and – I, I just feel as though um, Hosa could get into the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. I feel like Patrick Elias should too, because I feel like they're on the same boat in terms of stats, in terms of what they brought to their respective team. I think what uh, just helps someone like Marion Hosa out just a little bit more is just that the, the narrative. It was the narrative because um, before Marion Hosa joined the, the Blackhawks. The, the Blackhawks hadn't won a Stanley Cup in, in decades. And they were like what the Toronto Maple Leafs are now, just relying solely on their history. And then uh, Hosa goes to the Blackhawks, and they win three Stanley Cups in, in like six years span, which is very incredible. But I think for Eliash, it's just the narrative just doesn't work out for him. So uh, he, he won two Stanley Cups. Um, but uh, it, as everyone knows, is that the New Jersey Devils have – three total franchise Stanley Cup wins. And uh, they won one Stanley Cup series without him. So he, he was a part of two of our three Stanley Cup uh, wins. So, you know, there's the narrative right there. And also just the wrong system because the New Jersey Devils were known for our defense. And I feel like Elias will get into the Hall of Fame at some point. But I just feel like he deserves more love. And I would just love to – have that uh, uh, amazing superpower ability just to say, Elias, you're going to the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, unanimous, no discussion. Uh, get ready to walk the podium, and I'll see you on NHL TV when, when they're doing the induction ceremony. So I feel as though Patrick Elias deserves uh, more recognition. I feel like he deserves more love, and I just feel as though he should be uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He shouldn't have to be waiting a few years to get his opportunity because he's the all-time devil's leader in goals, assists, points. He's uh, the only uh, four to have his uh, jersey number retired at the Prudential Center 
because like I said, the rest of the Hall of Famers for the New Jersey Devils in a state in a in a sense are defenders. If you count Marty Brodeur, because Brodeur was a goalie. But um, yeah, that's what that's what that's my opinion. I feel like Patrick Elias should should just get that guaranteed because even though I do believe he'll get to the Hall of Fame, I, I just would rather him go guaranteed than just be living on a prayer. Yeah, he definitely has a, a fascinating career track record and probably among the devil's forwards and skaters, you know, not only is he the team leader, but when you look at the rest of the league and what he was doing in some of those seasons, like in, in 2000, I mean, he had a 96 point season, which is pretty absurd for a, a young, a young 24 year old kid. I guess you can call him a kid at the time, but I know that he was one of certainly one of the most longest tenured players. I think he's played what it looks like 20 seasons altogether. Um, crazy that he actually was yeah man i mean it's it's crazy that he's been around this long and he was even still pretty good through the later part of his career um you know obviously not not quite as offensively prolific as he used to be but at age 37 he posted 53 points in 65 games i would kill for a 37 year old forward who could have that kind of offensive performance especially in the modern era uh, of where the league is moving Right, and uh, 2003 and 2004, he was in consideration for the Lady Bing Award, the Hart Memorial Trophy, and the Frank J. Selke Award. He finished it, uh, I think, I believe 15 all around, 15th all around for all three of those awards. So I feel as though, you know, there, there it is right there that I know he didn't win. I know he wasn't in the top 10 or top five, whatever the case might be. I get that. But just look at the, at the consideration he got. And I know, I know there's like, so many players who are nominated for these awards and there can only be one winner, but you know, he was being nominated for all three of those awards, Lady Bing for his sportsmanship, Hart Memorial for a um, Hart Memorial for his overall play and Frank J. Selke for being able to play two ways. I feel like he deserves a little more recognition and a little more love, but you know, it's one of the, it's one of the issues of being a small market team. Because you know New Jersey is New Jersey. We're not New York. We're not um, we're not Philadelphia. We're not California. We're we're not can't any team in Canada. We're not Florida. We can't rely on our environment. We can't rely on our history. We can't really rely on you know our financial state to um, to, to you know get us recognition. We're we're a very small state. Very uh, York is a very small city, but you know very tough, gritty determination. I just really feel as though some of these Devils players need more love and recognition, but unfortunately just due to them being in New Jersey, being a part of the New Jersey Devils, you know, it kind of hurts you. It's just one of the issues of being a small market team. It doesn't just apply to hockey. It applies to the MLB. It applies to uh, basketball, football, whatever the case might be. You just see these, uh, you see these uh, not so much loved teams not get any recognition. So that's my number one issue, I feel as though. Well, Trey, that is going to do it for this evening's episode. We thank you so much for joining. Before we hop off of our Hall of Fame discussion, did you have any social media and locked on news that you wanted to uh, essentially promote here? Okay, so uh, I'm not sure when these episodes are going to go up, but uh, be prepared to listen uh, for the live draft that uh, me and a bunch of other hosts are, are getting to be a part of. Are you going to be a part of it, Harrison? Yeah, Winnipeg is in 10th overall, so I, I made the cut. Good. So 
keep keep Veneer out for that. That's going to be exciting. I'm not sure if it's going to be before or after, but uh, you guys are going to love it. And if you've already uh, enjoyed it, please give us a good review. So uh, my Instagram is Trey Emery Matthews. Uh, my Twitter is Trey Matt Four. So T R E Y M A T T and the number four. Snapchat is the same thing. Whether I add you or not, it's totally up to me. And yeah, that's about it. Just keep an ear out for future episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you on, and we will catch you all later.